Thank you very much, young people, for singing that song. <clears throat> that song's touched my heart. I was, uh, my little boy's been playing that song for I don't know how long here. He's been playing it over the weekend here, so kind of what made me think about having a girl sing it, so thank you very much for singing that, girls. Uh, could we have a word of prayer and then I'll share what God has laid in my heart? Our Heavenly Father, we bow before you this, this morning, Father. And we thank you, Lord, that we're free in Christ this day, Lord. We thank, for, thank you for sending your Son, Lord, as an atonement, as an ad, advocate, as a propitiation, Lord, for our sin, Lord. Thank you so much. We do ask that you would bless the thoughts that I have, that, that I've taken from your word, Lord, and from reading, Lord, would you help me to express what you have laid in my heart? Lord, I, I desire that you be honored. Commit it to you. and also ask that you would use your word to encourage, to rebuke, to admonish, that we would all, just, as we heard this morning, that we'd be honest with ourselves, Lord, where we are at. We commit this to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> well, greetings to each of you. It's good to see everyone again. Uh, I was planning on reading a bit through the Gospel of Matthew. If you want to turn to that, you can. <clears throat> That's mainly where I will be uh, throughout the message. Uh, I, was re- I was reading the other morning in my devotions that opened my Bible. I was trying to seek in the Lord, trying to seek the Lord and see where, what I should share on today. And I turned my Bible open to Matthew, I think is chapter 22. And it, 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 the, it started talking about the kingdom of heaven. And you know, when we read through the gospel, when we read through the word of God, I think when we read the kingdom of heaven is likened unto, and it, it speaks of the kingdom of heaven, I think 32 times in the book of Matthew, the kingdom of heaven, we should always take heed. It's speaking about a place, and it's speaking about a, a, a place where we plan to dwell in the future, a place that God wants us to walk in today. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, I, I was reading through it and I cannot make a difference. It don't seem like there's a, there's a difference in the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. But I would I share some thoughts. <clears throat> Kingdom. I was thinking of what kingdom means. I just looked it up, and the one the one definition was this: the eternal kingship of God, the realm in which God's will is fulfilled, the realm or region in which something is dominant. 
the, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is where God reigns, where God rules, where things are God's way. We don't, we don't enter the kingdom with our own ideas. It's God's way. And it says the realm or region, the realm in which God's will is fulfilled. Today, as I read some examples, today, God desires. He desires that his will be fulfilled in the temple, which is our body today. And that's the king. He desires the kingdom of God does not come with observation. It says the kingdom is within you. It said, I, I, seen, I was reading on this, and it says the kingdom of heaven is spoken only. I know we, as we read through the Bible, the kingdom is spoken, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is spoken in different ways. The kingdom of heaven is only spoken of in the book of Matthew. And it's shared like 32 times. And I was thinking of three different aspects of the kingdom of heaven. It is present. It is within you. And it is future. And I don't believe that we will have a future kingdom in heaven if our present walk isn't in the kingdom of God. Jesus said, the Lord's Prayer, he said, our Father, thou art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come now, is what he was saying. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done. If you want to, you can. I'm, I'm going to read through, through different scriptures here. You don't have to follow me. I'm going to turn to Luke 16, verse 16. <clears throat> it's, just, it's just references in different places that I look. If you want to follow, you can. Luke 16, verse 16. It says, The law and the prophets were until John, since that time the kingdom of God is preached, and every man presseth it into it. It says, It is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than one jot or, jot or tittle of the law to fell. But we enter the kingdom of God. I'm not sure that was the verse I was wanting. Matthew 21, verses 31 and 32 is what I wanted. I'm sorry. I think that was the verse that I wanted. Matthew 21, verse 31 and 32. <clears throat> verses 31 and 32. It talks about the... the Entering the kingdom. And then it says, Whether of the twain is talking about two sons that the father commanded them to do, and the one did and the one didn't. He says, Whether the twain did the will of the father, they say unto him the first. Jesus saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and ye believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him. And yea, when you had seen it, repented not afterward that you might believe him. We enter the kingdom by believing the gospel. <clears throat> and I was reading, it says a metaphor that implies to a movement, but the movement is not one, is not one 
The, move, the movement is one of allegiance. It's we, we, we believe, we come to the Lord, and we love Him. We have a fear of God. We have a reverence. We come to Him in repentance. But it says the kingdom, the kingdom makes the first move. It comes. Jesus said, thy kingdom come and thy will be done. He's, the kingdom is here. He said that the kingdom makes the first move. We enter not because, we enter not by changing location, but by recognizing the validity of something that has already come. The kingdom of God has come. The validity of something that has already come. We could not enter it if it were not already here. The kingdom would not be good news to ordinary people. See, we're talking about the kingdom, the publicans and the harlots going to the kingdom of God, he says before you. The kingdom would not be good news to ordinary people unless ordinary people could be part of it. So it's for, it's for each of us. The kingdom is here. He wants us to enter it. <clears throat> it requires grace, mercy, and forgiveness. And it requires a heart that is surrendered and wants something new. Like he said, thy kingdom come and thy will be done. That's his heart for every, every soul that has ever come to, uh, walked on this earth. I'm going to turn to Matthew 4. If you want to turn, you can. Verse 17. Matthew 4, verse 17. Jesus said, repent. Or is that John? Jesus began to preach and he said, repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God had come. He says, repent. Enter the kingdom. He wants us to repent and turn from our ways and enter the kingdom of God. Luke verses twenty. Luke 17. Was that what I had read? <clears throat> No, 17, verse 17, I think. Luke 17, verses 20 and 21. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo, here, or lo, therefore, behold, the kingdom of God is within you. They were looking for a kingdom that was going to come. They were looking for something that was going to be good for their present life, something that was going to make their life easier. It was going to be on their side. They were looking for a kingdom that was going to fight back against the kingdom of the world. <clears throat> but Jesus said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. They, he had totally come, and he wanted to give them something that they didn't even know they needed. The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within the believer today. If you want to, you can turn to Mark 10, verse 15. Mark 10, verses 15, I think, is what I wanted. He says, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. 
We think of a little child. He'll pretty well believe whatever you tell him. He, uh, there's no hidden agendas in their, in, their, in their life. Their motives are pretty well pure. I mean, they don't, they don't, they don't usually try. Sure, if we want to get to older children, it's different. But he says, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child. It's simplicity. It says, he shall not enter therein. He shall not enter therein. <clears throat> Jesus' ministry and healing and performing miracles, his kingdom was there because his will was being done. He said that, he remember in the Lord's Prayer, he said, My, thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His, his healing and his ministry and his performing miracles, his kingdom was there. And he was the king of the kingdom. But he says, because his will is being done. He is the king. Could be likened to the church. Is he the head of the church? It says, if his will is being fulfilled, he is the head. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done. He is the head, he is, he is the, head of the church, the body, the, bride, the bridegroom. And his, he desires to dwell there. He desires to be honored. It's his kingdom. It's his church. And I believe it is fulfilled as we individually allow him to do his complete work in our life. If you want to go to the, the second, this was his kingdom upon earth. It's just a few thoughts I had. It's just recognizing that his kingdom is here and then his kingdom is within you. It's the second thing I wanted to talk about. <clears throat> The kingdom has come. It is here. Is it within you? We have this treasure in earthen vessels, the Bible says. The word says that the excellency of the power is not of God, not of us, but of, of God. We have the treasure. We're the temple of the Lord. <clears throat> it is within you. Is it within you? It's a good question to ask. We see it functioning in the church. We see, we see souls turning to the Lord. We see the work of the Spirit in the church body. Is it within us? John 3, I'm going to go to there. John 3, verses 1 through 7. I was going to read that. John 3, 1 through 7. Ugh. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do the things, these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I don't think... Unless we have a new life, we don't see the work of God in ourselves. We don't see the work of God in others. We can't see the king. We're blind to anything. We're spiritually discerned. He cannot see the kingdom of God. I think he was talking about present. And it could be future that he's talking about as well. But 
he says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto you, unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Thou which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, thee, you must be born again. The kingdom of heaven within you, the kingdom of heaven within you, <clears throat> it's not, it says, well, I read where it, it says, it's, it don't come with observation, it is within you. In Romans 14, verse 17, it says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not, it's not outward. It's not something uh, sensual. It's not something that I can touch, taste, or see, or feel, or hear. But it is righteousness, and it is joy, and it is peace. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. That's what the kingdom of God is. <clears throat> if you want to, we can turn on over to Matthew 25. I have a few thoughts there. <clears throat> Matthew 25. I'm going to read one, verses 1 through... Uh, 13. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Then five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went, went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came unto also unto the other virgins, saying, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. The kingdom of heaven is likened unto this parable we just read. How do we understand or interpret the oil? that the five foolish virgins didn't have. We would acknowledge that they all slept, they all slumbered, and we all do that, don't we? It says the wise and the foolish did. At midnight, it says, it says while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And I know there, there was a brother at the wedding yesterday talked a little bit about this. He said, and we, you know, at midnight, we can all be sleeping. We can all be slumbering. I don't know. It don't, it don't seem to be talking about a, a spiritual slumber because five of them were wise 
and five of them had oil. But if he comes at midnight, do we have, do we have the Spirit of God? Do we have the grace of God working in our life? It, it, it don't matter when he comes. Are we, are we ready to meet him? Obviously, five of these were foolish, and they weren't prepared. And he said that he never knew them, I think he said. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. I know you not. If we have not the spirit of Christ, we're none of his. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, we are none of his. The kingdom of heaven is like it. It's, it's, if we read through this wanting knowledge, it's, it's, it seems to be, it seems to contradict itself. But if we read through a, a parable like this, it's actually pretty simple. The kingdom of heaven is likened unto these ten, ten, ten people. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. We know if we're walking in the light. We know if we're walking as children of light. We know if the Spirit of God is, is continuing a work in our hearts. If he's still doing a work in our lives. If he is, we will not be caught unaware. The brother also shared yesterday about the Spirit of Christ. He said that. He said something, something to the effect about the resur resurrection power of Christ. He said... We're all going to die. And you know, there's not going to be no deceit. When we die, we die. If we have not the Spirit of Christ, we're not going to resurrect, right? We're going to resurrect with the Spirit of Christ. Without the Spirit of Christ, we're going we're gonna to stay there. We're, we're, gonna, we're, not, we're none of Christ. Do we have faith this morning? Do we have a love for truth this morning? Do we have a love for God's righteousness, for God's people? Romans 6 I'm going to read a little bit there I think it talks a little bit about that Romans 6 many of you know where that is and what it speaks of probably <clears throat> Know ye not that so many of us, were, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be, shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, is this, is this, do we know this this morning? I don't, want to, I don't want anybody to doubt their salvation, but it says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. We know if we have a new life. Let's be, let's be honest with ourselves. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. If we're serving sin, we're not, we're not walking with the Lord. And possibly, we're not, we don't have a new life. Serving sin and sinning is two different things. We know that. 
we all fall short of the glory. But serving sin, you're just an old sinner. That's, if, if you serve sin, you're just an old sinner. But if we fall into sin, and I don't want to justify any kind of sin in my life or anybody's life, but if we fall into sin, we have an advocate. The believer has an advocate with Jesus Christ, the righteous. He's our propitiation, the propitiation for our sin. <clears throat> Matthew 5. <clears throat> I'm going to read some there about the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5. <clears throat> blessed are the, starting in verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is for those who are poor in spirit, those who are humble, those who have found grace with God, those who have cast their care upon him, those who are trusting in him today. The poor in spirit, they don't think highly of themselves. They see themselves for who they are. They're needy and they're wretched without Jesus Christ. On over to verse 10. I'm going to read some of the scriptures that talk about the, 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 the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I don't know much about persecution. We've all been probably uh, verbally spoken of badly. Uh, we know that. But to do that, and it's wrongfully spoken, or you're treated wrongfully for the sake of Christ, it says theirs, it's for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So we can rest in the Lord at those times as well. Uh, there was something that I had read, it says the kingdom of God is not only the reign of God, but is also the realm of God, of the, of the divine life we enter through regeneration, and we live in the kingdom of God as the realm of the divine life by the sense of the divine life in our spirit. <clears throat> I'll read it again. The kingdom of God is not only the reign of God, but also the realm of the divine life we enter through, through regeneration, and we live in the kingdom of God as the realm of the divine life by the sense of the divine life in our spirit. I appreciated those thoughts. If you want to, you can turn with me to Matthew 13 yet. There was some, th uh, some scripture there, Matthew 13. <clears throat> Starting in verse 24. <clears throat> no, I'm, not, I'm sorry, not verse 24. I'm going, to, I'm going to read verse, start in verse 31. The kingdom of heaven is like, like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in a field, <clears throat> which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. The kingdom of God is as a mustard seed, a grain of mustard seed. I think a grain of mustard seed is barely, barely visible if you look at it. 
But that's what the kingdom of God, it begins in that way, I believe it's what it's saying. And it is, is indeed the least of all the seeds. But when it is growing, when it is growing, when it is when it continues in our life, I believe is what it's saying. It is the greatest among herbs. It becomes something in our life that nothing else is comparable to. The kingdom of heaven within us. It is the greatest, it says, among herbs. Is that, is that, is that in our life? Is it, is it growing? Is it, is it becoming much more in our life than, it has, than, it, than when we begun? <clears throat> the kingdom of heaven on down, it says... It's likened to leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of a meal till the whole was leavened. I don't know much about leaven, but I know that a little leaven, a little leaven in, in the bread, it needs to have leaven in it for it to raise. Without it, it, it takes very little leaven to make, to make bread raisin. It becomes, it, it becomes great. Uh, it, it becomes bigger. It becomes more. The kingdom of heaven is likened to that. On over in 44, it says, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure, hid in a field, the which is when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth the field. I've heard this parable expressed that the man would be Jesus Christ. And I, I, don't, I don't really see it that way, but that he... He, he bought the church. He, he, he gave himself and he bought the church. He bought the field. But I believe that it would be more talking the kingdom of heaven as likened to a treasure that, man, that, we, that, that, that we have discovered, a truth, the truth that we have discovered in Jesus Christ, that that treasure is Christ. And when a man finds it, he goes and buyeth that field, Right? We, we, we want more, that we, we, we sell all that we have, that we give everything else up except for, for, the, for the sake of Christ, that we buy that. We've counted the cost, and it becomes ours. We buy that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he has found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. I'm just intrigued by the, the fact of it speaks so often in the chapter of Matthew about the kingdom of heaven. It is like this. It is like this. What does the kingdom of heaven mean to me? It says, who when he hath found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Has Jesus become that pearl of great price to us? Has he become everything in our life? The kingdom of heaven is likened unto this. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened, is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which when it was full, they drew up, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels but cast the bad away. So shall be at the end of the world. This is a likeness of what, what it is now. And what it will be in the end of the world, it says. So shall it be in the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. 
There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. What is the kingdom of heaven become to us? What, it is, what is it now? What is it becoming to us? It's a good, it's a good thought to have. Jesus clearly tells us what it's like. He uses parables. You know why he uses parables in the Bible? Why I believe that he, there's parables spoken in the Bible? I believe it's because he wants men to seek. He don't want us to look at, oh, that's what it says. Well, praise the Lord. If we seek, we shall find. If we ask, it shall be given. If we knock, it will be opened. I believe the carnal mind can read across these parables and not understand a word of what it's saying. But God has given us of his spirit and understanding that we may understand the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh to the Father but by him. What is the kingdom of heaven? Is it a treasure to you today? Is it something very precious to you? Is, is it as a pearl of great price? It challenges my heart. You know, I know that Christ has changed me, but I want him to become much more in my life. <clears throat> uh, I think Cletus shared today, uh, the, other e the other evening, it's touching to me, and I, I really appreciate the thought. I've heard other missionaries speak on that, about where he was doing mission work. Like, he, he don't like to go in and even talk about the Lord. To an unbeliever. I believe is the way he was expressing this. He likes to start way back. Like in the old covenant. And then share. Up to the point. And, and get him wanting. Not just to throw the gospel in their lap. You know what I mean? But to get them to a point where they're expecting. They want something more. And they need something more. And I appreciated that, man, that, that thought pattern. In reaching out to lost souls. That you just don't. Talk. It's all right. I, I believe today that many people in, 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 our, in our, uh, our part of the world know about the Lord, and they need to know where they're at. But many Muslims, countries, I've heard before of that, of that uh, pattern and how they, how they start teaching. And I think it was in Papua New Guinea where the, we see in a video that there was something years back where they actually, he, the, the missionary started with, the old covenant, and I don't know how long it's, it, it takes time, it takes patience. How long he had preached to him, but he came to the point and where he actually performed a crucifixion or he, just to express to him to get their hearts, and I don't know how many souls were converted through that, but it's not like he just went over there and preached the gospel, and that's the way it is here today. Uh, is Jesus precious to us? And he'll only be precious to you if you're seeking him. <clears throat> Just to go on here, uh, there, there was three things that I wanted to talk to was uh, the kingdom of God present within you and future, the kingdom of heaven. You know, and if we live a life, if we live our lives here in the kingdom, we are promised the kingdom of heaven in the future. And ultimately, I believe that's what each of our goal is, that we serve the Lord, that we walk with the Lord because we love him for what he has done for us. And we are looking for that 
that, that, that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you want to turn to John 14, I'm going to read some of those verses and share some thoughts. <clears throat> John 14. I'm sure it's very familiar verses. <clears throat> Let not your heart be troubled. He's speaking to those, I believe today, that maybe, maybe you're in a battle today. Maybe you are facing a great challenge. I don't know where each of you are at. But he's telling us, if you're walking with the Jesus, if you're walking with the Lord, don't let your heart be troubled. He, 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 knows, he, knows, he knows us better than we know ourselves. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, this is, what, this is what God has prepared for those that love him. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. That's what Jesus Christ did. He come, he completed this mission upon this earth, and now he is going to prepare a place for those that love him. Don't, we're called to redeem the time. Uh, get, be ready to give every man an answer for the hope that lies within you. Be instant, in season, out of season. There's no time to let our minds be caught up in ungodliness or sin, but that we are in guard against the enemy, that we walk in the spirit. And we, and I think Willis shared that this morning that we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Then he goes on to say, and whither I go, ye know, and the way you know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Don't that sound like a man that just lacks a lot of understanding? But Thomas, he was with Jesus, I don't know how long, maybe a couple years. He says, I don't know the way. Well, praise the Lord, he was honest. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh to the Father but by me. If you, would have, if you had known me, you should have known my Father. And from henceforth, you know him and have seen him. I was thinking about many mansions. <clears throat> I remember a message I listened to several years ago. And a brother was speaking about, about heaven and about the mansions that are prepared for us. And he took, in Revelations it talks about the size of that city, the width, the length, and the height, and the size of it. And he, and he I don't know who, had, somebody had looked into that and did some figuring and figuring a certain size room, and there was more, there would, at a certain size for each room or each mansion or whatever, there is more room there than every person, according to you know, the estimated people that have lived upon this earth, that there's more room there than anybody's ever been born. So Jesus truly went and prepared a mansion for us. I appreciate the guys. I wish I listened to that message recently. I haven't listened to it for a while, but it was very good that there is more room in heaven. There's more, there's more mansions in heaven than people that have ever been born upon earth. 
That's a huge thought. Uh, if you want to go into Revelations 21, I'm going to read some there. We talk about what the, the mansions that God has waiting, that Christ has prepared for us. Revelations 21. <clears throat> Revelations 21, uh, verses 1 through 4, I want to read. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth was passed, were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. You know, there was, I started the scripture that says that I hath not seen nor ear, nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man while God has prepared for those that love him. But if you're going down, it says, but he hath revealed them to us or shown us through, through his spirit. And you know, as we read the word of God, his word is spirit and truth. God reveals those things. We have thoughts of what could be there, but we have not seen physically. We don't know what is there. I hath not seen. We... Neither hath entered into the heart of man while God is prepared for those that love him. Uh, Paul, where was that at? In, uh, is in Corinthians, Paul is, Paul is caught up in paradise. It says, and heard unspeakable words. He said it wasn't even lawful for him to utter. So I don't know what Paul's seen, but God used something in his life to, you know, that he would not become proud of those things that he had seen. <clears throat> If you want to um, turn to uh, Revelations 22, read 1 through 5, yeah. And he showed me a pure, a, a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on the other side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of that tree were the healing of the nations. There shall be no more curse. Can we imagine a place where there's no more curse? We don't see nothing no more that is corruptible. Nothing no more that's going to pass away. Everything is eternal. Everything is forever. You know, in our, in our uh, little mind, it's hard to grasp some of those things. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. His servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever. They shall reign forevermore. 
going down to uh, verses 16 through 21 yet. Starting verse 16, he says, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the spirit and bride say, come, and let him that hear us say, come, and let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. There was a, there's a man in our community that I knew most of my life. He wasn't that old. He's 60 some years old, 63, 62 years old. I don't know where he is out with the Lord. This week, he was, he got out, he went out to pick some hay up with a bobcat. He sat down in a bobcat and his wife was talking to him, who understood it. And uh, he said, I think he made mention that he don't feel real good. And uh, she walked away from him and 10 minutes later she tried to call him and she looked back and the bobcat hadn't moved. She went out there and he was gone. There was nothing. Are we prepared for that today? That's, 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 uh, we need to be honest. Am I prepared? Are you prepared? It's not, it's not so important whether the Lord comes today or not, but are you prepared to meet your Lord? Are you prepared to meet God? God just used a heart attack or whatever he had to take his life. We don't know what he'll use in our life. But I encourage everyone to be prepared when that time comes. God is so just. Me and my wife were talking about, about the man that died. And I just said, well, God is, God is so just. Can we rest in that today? God is just. God is just. He will not judge you unrighteously. God is truth. God is love. Do we see him in that way? That's all I have. Lord bless each of you and thank you for listening.